Good morning, this is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, today I want to talk to you about prayer. Now, prayer is something that most of us do on a daily basis, perhaps. But prayer is also a very puzzling phenomenon. And in my pastoral experience, I found that prayer is often a source of great frustration for people. You know, I pray and I pray and I pray, but things don't seem to happen the way I want them to happen. Now, our readings are very provocative. The first reading and the gospel are both about prayer in different ways, and they make very strong claims about it. The first reading is that well-known passage from the book of Genesis. We're reading, of course, these stories of Abraham the last several weeks, where Abraham literally dickers with God. Remember, God says he's going to destroy Sodom because of its terrible sins. And Abraham confronts him. And then, just like a, uh, a merchant, he begins to dicker with God, as it were, bringing the price down. If you found 50 righteous people in Sodom, would you destroy it? And God says, no, for the sake of the 50, I wouldn't. Well, how about 45? No, for the 45, I wouldn't destroy it. Well, 30, how about 20, how about 10? It's as though Abraham's persistent prayer is having an effect on God. Abraham's getting what he wants because of the passion and persistence of his prayer. And then in the gospel, we have these remarkable words from Jesus. I tell you, ask, and you will receive. Seek. And you will find, knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. To the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Strong words, bold and confident words. If you seek and knock and ask, you will receive. Well, as I said at the outset, we listen to these words, we're edified by them, perhaps inspired by them, but then, let's be honest, our life experience runs up against it. Lots of people say, but I pray and I pray and I pray. I don't get what I want. I've been knocking on that door for years. It's never been open to me. I ask and I ask and I ask and I never receive. How do we square these beautiful texts, these inspiring texts, with people's lived experience of prayer? Well, I want to suggest something today, and this is a very complicated subject, and I don't imply for a minute that this is going to solve all the problems. I think prayer is a very complicated matter. But I think there are, if you look in the Scripture, certain, call them rules if you want, laws of prayer. Not airtight laws like scientific or mathematical laws, but directives, how we should pray. Here's the first one, and I think it's very clear in the New Testament. 
a first rule of prayer is that we must have faith. Last week I talked about faith. Faith is a passion for the impossible. Even when it's at the end of my strength, beyond what I can know, I nevertheless trust. When Jesus came into a town, if he confronted a lack of faith, he couldn't heal. It's extraordinary, isn't it? We think, well, Jesus will just heal whenever he wants. But there seems to be a kind of rule here that if he confronts a lack of faith, he affects no miracles there. Sometimes when a person comes up to Jesus and says, Lord, could you do this or that for me? He'll say, do you believe that I can do this? It's as though Jesus, in a certain way, needs our faith in order for him to work. One way St. Augustine has expressed this is we have to be expanded to the point where we can receive what God wants to give us. That's terrific, isn't it? If we're asking for something that's beyond our powers, it's as though we have to allow ourselves to expand to the point where we're able and ready to receive it. Shift the metaphor a little bit. It's as though the electricity is always in the wall, but we have to plug into it. If we don't plug into it, we're not going to access its power. Is God's healing and, and, and transforming power always available? Well, sure. But does God call forth a faith from us that's a kind of plugging into that power? How about this quote from the letter of James? If any of you fall short of wisdom... He should ask God for it, and it will be given to him. For God is a generous giver, who neither refuses nor reproaches anyone. But he must ask in faith, without a doubt in his mind. For the doubter is like a heaving sea ruffled by the wind. Same idea, isn't it? Yes, we assume that God is a generous giver. God wants to give us grace. But, James says, we must ask in faith without doubt in our mind. Be bold enough. Be broad enough to receive the amazing things that God wants to give us. I was reading Billy Graham's autobiography a few years ago. He talks about the early days when he was preaching and tent meetings and so on. And they reach a point, almost invariably, where they run out of money. They'd need a certain amount of money to continue the crusade. In one case, I think it was $50,000 they needed. So Billy Graham prayed, got down on his knees and said, Lord, I trust, I trust that if you want this ministry to continue, you will provide this money. And the next day, a man whom he did not know simply came and gave him a check for $50,000. A passion for the impossible Lord, what I can't do on my own, I ask of you more to the point I expect it of you. Is that the faith that is meant to accompany our prayer? Remember the Lord says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, be uprooted and thrown into the sea. What we could accomplish, what we could accomplish if we had the faith. Here's a second law of prayer which you can also find, I think, frequently in the New Testament. 
the law of forgiveness. Jesus says, If when you are praying you have a grievance against someone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you the wrongs you have done. Or in that even better known passage from Matthew, If when you are bringing your gift to the altar you suddenly remember that your brother has a grievance against you, leave your gift where it is. First go, make peace with your brother, and only then come back and offer your gift. What blocks our access to God? I think Christians, in some ways, all the flotsam and jetsam of our spiritual lives, all those angers and resentments, past hatreds, our incapacity to forgive, all of that builds up in the soul like a kind of gunk. I think what it does is it blocks, it blocks the flow of God's power. I mean, God wants to speak in and through us, but if our souls are filled with all kinds of obstacles and blocks, then God can't or won't work. Forgive those against whom you have a grievance. Heal a broken relationship. Get rid of the past frustrations, hatreds, resentments. John of the Cross, you know, said the soul is like a pane of glass. God's light wants to shine through it. What prevents the divine light are all the smudges on the glass. Is Jesus telling us to forgive as a kind of accompaniment of prayer? Because only when we remove from the pane of glass these blotches and these marks can the divine light shine through. Get anger out of your system. And maybe you'll be surprised how that divine grace can flow to and through you. Let me give you now a third rule of prayer. Pray always in Jesus' name. Pray always in Jesus' name. Now, this is not a kind of magical incantation. You know, whatever I ask for, if I just add the little tagline, I pray in Jesus' name, it'll happen. It's not meant to be a sort of magical incantation or superstition. What it means, I think, is this. When we pray, we have to orient ourselves to Christ, assuming his attitude, his perspective. Paul says, may the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. When you pray through Christ our Lord, you're saying, I want what Jesus wants. I'm thinking with his mind. I'm seeing with his eyes. How do we focus or sanction our desires? By desiring in the spirit of Jesus. How do we focus and sanction our minds? By thinking in the mind of Christ. Let me give you a test case. Could somebody pray, Oh Lord, give me six million dollars so I can buy a fleet of cars and live in a mansion in the lap of luxury. I pray in Jesus' name. Well, I mean, it's ridiculous. Just adding that little tag line shows us how inappropriate that prayer is. But could you pray? Ought you to pray? 
Lord, I pray that this friend of mine be healed. I pray in Jesus' name. Well, sure, Jesus was a healer. Lord, I pray that the poverty in the city might be alleviated. I pray in Jesus' name. Of course, Jesus was the friend of the poor. I pray that this person might accept death in a spirit of, of peace. I pray in Jesus' name. Sure, sure. Jesus himself goes into death accepting the will of his Father. Notice how the church always prays this way in the liturgy. At the end of all the major prayers of Mass, we always pray through Christ our Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. We pray in Christ. That's what we're doing. We're signaling to ourselves the attitude we ought to have when we pray and the things we ought to be asking for. Look, I ask and I ask and I ask and I don't get what I want. Maybe part of the problem is a lack of faith. Maybe part of the problem is that I'm too blocked up spiritually. But another problem could be I am asking for the wrong things. I'm not praying so much in Jesus' name. This is an image I have from a couple years ago when my nieces were much younger. They're with my brother, and it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and they came to a, uh, they passed an ice cream shop. And my little niece, you know, started begging and begging for ice cream. Daddy, give me ice cream. And of course he said no. He said no. And she cried. He still said no. Well, he knew it was better for her. She was asking for something that was inappropriate, was unhelpful, not right for her. My brother was expressing his love precisely by not giving her what she wanted. Is it possible, Christians, that we ask God for things that are not good for us? Listen again to the gospel. Would God ever refuse the Holy Spirit to those who ask? The Holy Spirit is always what we ought to ask for. That means the Spirit of God, the power of God. That means we are praying appropriately in the name of Jesus. So, when you pray, pray boldly with faith. A passion for the impossible, expecting the impossible. When you pray, forgive. Clear out the spiritual gunk in the soul. And when you pray, always pray in the mind and the heart and the name of Jesus. God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.